Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Gray Scott. On this show, we address the challenges faced in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era. Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must have a missional mindset. Christianity does have the answers of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's conversation. Christianity is well into its third millennium, due in no small part to its ability to adapt to different times and cultures. So as the world changes, what might the church look like in the future? This is Christian Curious with host Dr. Haley Gray Scott and co-host Hannah Greaser, a show where we examine the questions culture poses to the church. I have a question for the audience and for Hannah too. If okay. you were to, if you had to guess, what do you think the church will look like for your children? So, I. I feel like the church is in the middle of a big shift, partially due to COVID and the time, just the time that we're in, where the house church model is becoming, you know, more prevalent. Um, and I, from a lot of people that I'm talking to and believers in my friend circle and just people around me, it seems like they're wanting something to change in the church. Like they're kind of right. tired of a church that is comfortable or isn't affecting things, but there's kind of this stalemate of we don't know what to do. But I think for my kids and grandchildren in specific, um, ever since I went to my aunt and uncle's house church when I was a senior in college, um, there was just kids running around everywhere, food. It was just such a warm, happy environment and it felt real, you know? Right. So ever since then, that's what I've, I've craved and I hope that that will be the case. What about you? I, you know, I have thought a lot about this, obviously, because mm -hmm. that's been my job right. for a while now. But I really do think that we are moving towards, you know, a at least if it's not a home church model, at least a bivocational model where pastors and church leaders are, you know, not just fully dependent on the church for their livelihood. And. I do see in the younger generations a great desire for the church to be outward facing. Mm -hmm. But um, today with us is someone to help us think a little bit deeper about this topic. Um, Miss Mrs. Susan Yim, she is a passionate, passionate minister and consultant with a demonstrated history of working in the spiritual business and education management industries. She's skilled in organizational le leadership, spiritual development, program and project development, systems and operations, K through 12 and adult education and event planning and execution. So she brings a lot of talent and a lot of insight. And I'm so excited, Susan, for you to be here with us and to talk a little bit about your thoughts on the church. So welcome to Christian Curious. Thank you so much, Haley and Hannah. I'm excited to be here with you. I love this podcast. I love the topics that you, um, you know, tackle. So thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're really excited to hear from you, especially as someone who has organizational um, leadership background, but also within the church. Like, we're really excited to see what you bring to the table. Um, and just from talking to Haley, we know that, you know, right now, um, God has led you to take a step away from the church as an institution. And so we would love to hear a little bit about your professional and personal journey with the church and how it's kind of led you to this current season that you're in? 
Sure. Well, um, basically, I grew up in the church. I came here as a Korean immigrant, so my dad was an elder, my mom was a deacon, very active in the church, because the church was the community here, right? In a new land, they, you know, don't have a lot of friends who speak the same language, and so they all congregated in church. And so I grew up in a Korean-American church. Um, I started serving once I aged out of youth group, (laughs) and so there was, like, no real college ministry. So they're like, hey, you're going to teach, right? (laughs) And so... um, I served in youth group. I was part of church plants. Um, so I took up, you know, in church plants, you only have a few people, right, planting the church. And so I took up children's ministry. I was on the praise team. I was a church accountant. I led small groups, college, women, families. Um, and all of this, again, because there was a need, not so much that was my skill set, right? It was like, hey, you played piano for a few years? You're on the praise team. So. That's basically, you know, how I just got more and more involved with church. And I did really love church. You know, Hannah, you were saying it was a warm environment. People were running around. There was food. Um, And that's what I experienced um, with church when I was younger. Um, But then as I got older and I was serving and I was just busy, I felt like I was doing more than actually being with God. Hmm, And so um, one of, right, it was just like serve, 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 and you're just tired. You're, you're, You're serving the church but you're not really growing your relationship with God. And so, um, but I do have to say with the church, I was able to join discipleship groups and, you know, learned about the Bible. And so, um, and again, discipleship, that's something that I, I completely have a different view on in terms of what the church usually does and what discipleship really means. So I think I started having some issues with the church, um, meaning that this is not really a community that I feel like I fit in. Uh, I feel like I, I wanted to be more outside the walls. I wanted to be more missional. I wanted to, you know, um, really outreach to the community. And it just seemed very comfortable. It didn't seem like a lot of people were doing that in the churches I was a part of, other than actually missions, right? Like, we're going over to China. We're going over to India, you know. So um, people would tithe and give to that, and that was their missions, right? So right. Um, one of the things that kind of helped me to pivot was, I was part of um, a church I was serving at, um, and the, it was a great training. We had a leadership training, and, and one of the pastors said, okay, this time what we're going to do is every six weeks, we're going to do an outreach group. So every six weeks, you're going to invite your friends and family, non-Christians, and you guys are going to have you know, just a, a, an event, for example, like a cooking class. We did cooking classes and planner classes. And you're actually not really going to talk about Jesus. You're going to build relationships. So I got super excited. I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. So I went back to my group and I said, hey, ladies, we're going to um, do these six-week outreach groups every six weeks, right? And so we did them. Uh, We built relationships. You know, people started to get to know each other outside of the church. Um, And the people who were coming had no idea we were a church group. Um, They were just like, hey, these are some cool women who want to start classes together, right? So we went back to the next church leaders meeting and training, and they were about to wrap up the meeting. And I said, oh, excuse me, like, hey, are we going to talk about those outreach groups that we did? And the pastor said, oh, you actually did those? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and I said, well, yeah, we did. And he said, okay, well, how'd it go? I said, it was awesome. We built relationships. We got to meet new people, you know, outside of the church. And um, I said, so we're going to keep doing it? And he said, well, it depends on the fruit. And I said, well, there was a lot of fruit. And he said, no, and how many people were saved? 
Right. So granted, you know, we've only met a few times and he's asking about salvation. And so I said, well, we barely talked about God. We really wanted to build a foundation on relationship first. So that was kind of my, you know, um, I think my clue that, you know what, I think the way that um, this church is doing church is not really my cup of tea. Maybe it's time for me to move on. So I still kept that in, you know, the back of my mind, but still was serving at church until I asked after that meeting, hey, I really think I need some mentorship. I need some, um, you know, wiser, older sages that could kind of help me because I'm having a lot of questions right now. And um, I was told by one of the uh, female leaders there, well, you're not going to find that here. Um, you know, it's, it's basically you're one of the older, wiser ones, so you're not going to find it here. Instead of saying, hey, you know what, we get what you're saying. We don't have people maybe to mentor you here, but we can send you on conferences. We can actually develop you as a leader. We can do more in terms of your spiritual growth. But I basically just got, well, we don't have that. You're kind of out of luck. And so that's when I started kind of wrestling. Right. You know, I mean, when, when you talk about your groups, you know, I, you know, we've spoken before and, you know, what you're offering people is a place to belong and, you know, and getting that sense of belonging and then perhaps they can start believing because they feel that sense of belonging that emerges Mm -hmm. like a life spring because of your relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And I think it's a different model of evangelism that we need to look at and if you know maybe perhaps reevaluate what does it mean by fruit and how long does it take for someone to actually come to faith maybe it takes a lifetime we don't know Mm -hmm. but just to say it's not worth it might be Mm -hmm. it it just kind of sounds dismissive in a sense um yeah So one thing, you know, as you've grappled with church, you started Mm -hmm. a few rooms on the new app, uh, new social media app, Clubhouse. And I'd love for you to describe what Clubhouse is and what the rooms are like and what what questions you're addressing. Sure, sure. So Clubhouse is a fairly new invitation-only social networking app. So it blew up once Elon Musk became a member earlier this year. Um, So it's an audio-based platform. You can create and join conversations by topic or club, or you can spontaneously open up a room. And once you're an active member, you can create your own clubs, um, invite people directly. And so, you know, for me, what I love about Clubhouse is there's an international audience. You can jump into that app 24-7 and there are rooms open, and they're like chat rooms, right? So you can go in and you can speak, or you could just listen like a podcast, um, and you can learn a lot. So it's very uh, you know, international, right? There are people from all over the world on it, and the topics can range. I mean, it can range from like dating app, you know, dating stuff, mm-hmm. all the way to, you know, church and religion. So the two um, rooms that I started in Clubhouse are called the Future of Church, and dynamis. And so the future of church is basically a place where we have conversations about what is going on with church, how is it changing, how should it change, uh, what's wrong with it, how can we, you know, uh, come up with some solutions to make it better, um, and really to kind of demystify the word church, because I think church is used interchangeably with so many different things. Right now it's community. Um, and so, you know, I started that room, and the other room is almost like a small group. Um, it's a mentorship group for professional women. 
Um, and it's more like professional development, leadership skills, and really connecting. Um, for women who, like me, wanted a mentor, wanted someone to kind of just walk alongside them. And so we have an older generation in there. We do have, like, younger Gen Zs in there. So those are the two rooms. Um, well, you know, just of, to speak into the mentorship part, um, yes. is that, you know, I know that I've gone to women at my church or, you know, tr- the churches that we've You know, I've moved 18 times in 20 years of marriage, so I've been to a lot of different churches. And if I've Mm -hmm. asked women to be my mentor, um, Uh they I don't think that they feel equipped to do that. And I think that they find it a little bit scary. Um, (laughs) So just to comment, I think that that's a great, you know, opportunity to for the older generations to mentor the young, which is. I know from my research is one of the key uh, key things that people want right now. Young adults want yes. older generations to speak into their lives because, you know, they've been where they where they are. And, you know, what are some of the things that you're learning? What are the, some of the things that people are saying in your future of the church room? I'd love to hear about that. Sure. So the future of church and I put church in quotes. For that room so that people know okay it's not a church church <laughs> and um i guess honestly we didn't want this to be a church fashion session we don't want people coming in saying you know the church sucks you know they're doing it all wrong we really want to be proactive in coming up with solutions and you know i believe that it's not just how are we gonna you know there's one specific model or several models that will work it's really finding the right community for you So people are coming in, honestly, a lot of people who have been turned off of church, people who have been hurt by the church. Um, And again, when I say church, it's usually people, right? People hurting people. Mm -hmm. Um, But the system doesn't help. The organization of it doesn't help. So, and we're also getting curious people. Um, And then we do actually get people in there who are staunch, like conservative Christians who are kind of just combating the fact that we are trying to, you know, start something new. But that's kind of rare. Um, so we're getting a lot of questions of like, okay, the way that church is done now, how can we do it differently? Um, why is it that so many people are hurt by church? Why is it that it's supposed to be a safe space where everyone belongs, and yet many times they feel like they don't belong, and they feel um, that that it's not a safe space. So, so what's happening here? Those are the questions we're tackling, actually. You know, when I was growing up, um, you know, I grew up in a small town, and we went to a Southern Baptist church. And, you know, we had a, I had a lot of family issues. I came from a broken home and I always felt like I was standing out in the cold, looking through a window, just rapping on the window and looking in at all these people who are warm and happy mm-hmm. and what, you know, surrounded with food and they were laughing, but no matter what, and no matter how long I rapped on that window, I couldn't get in. And that's the way I felt about church. I just felt like I couldn't belong. And, Mm. you know, I thought growing up, I was like an exception. And now as I've grown up and I've studied and I've, you know, gone to seminary and I have dedicated my life to researching this, I realize I'm not the exception. I'm the rule in many ways Uh (laughs) of that sense of not belonging Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that there's an expectation, right? People expect, well, church is a place where everyone belongs, where you'll feel loved, where you'll, where you'll, you'll feel um, connected and have a community immediately. 
so I think it's that expectation level too. People coming in feeling like, hey, this is a hospital, I'm gonna get healed. And so when those expectations aren't met, there's even a bigger disappointment. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a lot involved with church. I mean, this is such a deep conversation. That's why you have a whole entire podcast <laughs> uh, dedicated to, <laughs> you know, being curious about Christianity and church. So Susan, in the clubhouse room, um, the future of the church, are you finding mm-hmm. that it's a it's a space for people to kind of um, air their grievances and talk about their experiences? Or have you found some some solutions or inspiration for where you think the future of the church is going? Yeah, so again, we came, we made sure that it was very much um, a, a safe space, but we didn't want to go off the rails and just be complaining about church. That is not the point. And so we uh, set up our rooms to make sure that doesn't actually happen. Um, and if there are people who really need to air out and grieve, you know, in, in longer sessions, we take that offline. So we'll basically call them. Um, we have our DMs open, so anybody who needs some counseling or some, you know, just somebody to listen to them, we could do that offline. And so we are finding that, um, again, solutions are going to take a long time, but we do have entry points. So there are a couple of different organizations and groups. For example, we have um, New Wine Collective. My co-host, Eugene, uh, started that, and that is an online forum where people can really talk about just religion in general, um, spirituality, um, and, you know, it, it's, it's where everyone with every type of belief can come and talk in a safe space. So there's that. We also have um, deconstruction groups. So what we do in Clubhouse is it's a connection platform. It's, hey, if you're looking for this, we have these people who can help you. And also we can talk about it in this forum, but it's usually about two to two and a half hours per meeting. Sometimes it goes longer because we have something called the parking lot where we just have informal conversation afterwards. It's like an after party. Hmm. I love the parking we- lot concept <laughs> because, you know, going out after church, you know, how the conversations when you leave the church and mm-hmm. the conversations that happen in the parking lot. That's right. a, I mean, that's so cool. And one yeah. thing, one thing, Susan, I want to say, uh, you know, to the audience and to bring about is that the uniqueness of what you're doing is that. It is evident if you're in that room that you and your co-host, you love Jesus and you love the capital C church. And that is what's unique. And you're bringing you're you're bringing that love to bear on how can we make this better? So you're not Mm -hmm. out there trying to bash the church. You are actually you love the church and you love Jesus. And that is totally evident. And it's very unique. Oh, it's a unique you. approach. Thank you. Yes. No, I, I really do want to make it clear that, you know, um, all my church experience, even you know, serving at the church, working at the church, um, everything that I've experienced, even the hurts from the church, I'm so thankful to all the people who walked alongside me. I really do believe that in all the churches I've been a part of, the leaders, um, the pastors, their hearts are definitely in the right place. It's just the system of church and the organization of it um, and the history of it is what makes it difficult. So absolutely, we love Jesus. We love the church um, as a whole, you know, the capital C church. So I'm glad that that comes across. Paley. I'm glad that that's what you hear. <laughs> it definitely does. And so as somebody who you know loves the church and loves Jesus, you still feel pulled to deconstruct your idea of what the church is. And so... 
I would be interested in learning how believers can deconstruct and then reconstruct their idea of church in a healthy way, because I feel like that is something that people um, are wanting to do, but don't necessarily mm-hmm. know the tools for how to do that. So they get kind of stuck between, I have questions, but I don't know what to do with those. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it's so funny because uh, somebody had asked me, like, oh, deconstructing church, I, I haven't heard that phrase. I said, yeah, I know, I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it up, but people don't really use that phrase. So when I was talking about deconstructing, people said, oh, your faith. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that too, but I'm, I'm actually deconstructing what it means to be a church, right? Um, so what I would say about deconstructing the, the idea of church um, is you have to be comfortable with where you're at in terms of, like, is my faith strong? Do I have a foundation? Um, and if I don't, I really, I don't even know if I would encourage people to deconstruct, quote-unquote, deconstruct church, um, unless they have a community that can walk alongside them, that they can, they have a safe space where they can ask a lot of questions. Because if you are just doing it solo, where you're just like, hey, I'm not really comfortable with my church, I don't really like the idea of the institution of church, I'm going to walk away, and you don't have a support system, I feel like that's a bit dangerous as well, because you could actually end up losing your faith as well. Mm -hmm. So when you're deconstructing the idea of church, I would say, find a community. I think that's really important. And even if it's just a couple of pastors or, um, you know, lay leaders, uh, family members who will be open. Now, if you go back into that same system, though, you have to realize um, they're probably going to lead you back to church. So it's like you have to kind of, you know, be um, do the work. It, it is going to be work. I feel like you have to find a community. You know, Future of Church, we are a community, but we are also an online forum that's audio only two and a half hours a week, right? It's not actually um, a family. I wouldn't call it that. I would call it an entry point. So I would say ask your questions. You know, read books, listen to podcasts, do all of that. But also, I really do feel it's important that you have people walking alongside you who can answer those really difficult questions or say, you know what, we don't have the answers to that. But let's just keep walking together um, to uncover some more truth. Right. Because, you know, I, I feel like. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, some of the things that I've heard from people who have left the church is that they were not allowed to ask their questions. And that's one of the reasons yeah. they left the church, because they felt like they were not allowed to um, to pose their questions, to pose their doubts. And no one gave them the space to do that. Right. And for me, I felt like I was shamed into not asking those questions like I can't believe in a church this long and you still have those questions is God a good God you know do is there a hell Um, is the Bible infallible is there there's all these questions that about suffering right Um, a lot of questions that non-christians as well will ask if we can't answer those questions maybe not with the answer right Uh, there are some things we'll never know but if we can't answer those questions comfortably then how are we leading others to Jesus, right? Right. So I really do feel like we should be able to ask every question and uh, come to a place of peace, even if we don't have the answer. But I didn't feel at peace. And people at church, um, you know, again, maybe it was in my head, but I felt very shamed 
I can't be a leader if I have these questions. I can't, mm. you know, um, be, be in this discipleship group if I have these questions. So, yes, questions I think are very important. Well, Susan, we want to thank you for being with us today and also for providing a place for people to, to ask questions. And you are a woman of many talents. You are an organizational consultant. And so I encourage listeners to check out part two next week with um, Susan will be joining us again to talk about some of her recommendations for how the church can grow. Right. And in the meantime, you know, think about your own questions that you may have and process what's going on in your own mind in relation to the church and God and everything like that. Because sometimes you have to commit to being curious, you know, you, it doesn't just naturally happen all the time. Right. Well, you've been listening to Christian Curious with... Haley Gray Scott and Hannah Greaser. You can check us out anytime on our website, www.christiancurious.co. That's www.christiancurious.co. Stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious. You can contact Dr. Haley at Haley, H A L E E, at ChristianCurious.co. That's H-A-L-E-E at ChristianCurious.co. Catch all the episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also learn more at www.ChristianCurious.co.